Well, this morning we are continuing on our Hidden Holiness sermon series, looking into those places where we discover the work of God, the presence of the divine, where we might not have previously noted. We kicked off the sermon series two weeks ago and discovered that Waffle House, of all places, had something to teach us about what it means to be the church, how we embrace hospitality and love. Last week, Pastor Joe shared with us an incredible story of the power of witnessing to our faith. And what started like the beginning of a joke, so a pastor and a Viking walk into a bar, really taught us something beautiful about connecting with one another despite our differences and finding that true connection point. So this morning, we look to another unexpected place to find and discover the presence of God. Our scripture for today comes from 1 Thessalonians, one of Paul's first letters, the fifth chapter beginning with the 12th verse. Brothers and sisters, we ask you to respect those who are working with you, leading you, and instructing you. Think of them highly with love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are disorderly, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure no one repays a wrong with a wrong, but always pursue the good for each other and everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't suppress the spirit, don't brush off spirit-inspired messages, but examine everything carefully and hang on to what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. And now may the God of peace himself cause you to be completely dedicated to him and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. The one who is calling you is faithful and will do this. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Now, as I said, this is one of Paul's earliest dated letters. And so here we have some of the first words given to the early church, the first words of encouragement and support as well as his first words of instruction for these people who would be called Christians. As we hear and read his words, we find that there's nothing outlandish or surprising. They truly are the basics of living a life of faith. Comfort one another. Help one another. Be patient with one another, avoid every kind of evil, rejoice, pray, give thanks. 
as Paul gives these words of encouragement and instruction, we find that if we are to follow these, well, it doesn't leave much room for laziness or idleness. What is that old phrase again? Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Yes, idle hands are the devil's workshop. I want to tell a story this morning. It's a story first recorded by John Cassian. He was a fourth century historian. And he was a monk and told the story of the monastic life. In his institutes, he tells the story of one monk in particular, Abba Paul. Now you see, there was a practice among many monks in those early days that in order to support themselves, to raise funds, they would weave baskets. Weave and weave and weave, and then go and sell those baskets in the market in order to fund their living. There was one monk, however, Abba Paul, who lived quite simply. He didn't need much, but he continued to engage in the practice of weaving baskets. But instead of taking them to the market, at the end of the year, Abba Paul would gather all the baskets he had weaved during that year and set them on fire. His work, all that he had done throughout the year, set ablaze before him. We might say, well, that's just crazy. <laughs> Why would you do that? But Abba Paul, he is lifted up as one of the very few who conquered a deadly sin, a vice that we are all drawn to committing. It is the sin of Acadia. Has anyone heard that term before? A-C-E-D-I-A, -E pronounced Acadia. It was one of the original deadly sins. There were eight, actually, not seven. And Acadia was one. It was removed in the sixth century from the list when folks deemed, you know what, I think we've got it all figured out. Thanks, we don't need that anymore. It was actually removed from the English dictionary in the 1930s. Decided, we don't need that word anymore only to be added back right after World War II. And it's a word I think we in our modern age need just as much as those early monks did. The sin of Acadia. It is the sin of just not caring. It is the sin of trying to escape those silent moments of life. It is the sin of trying to find a shortcut to things, rush through things, or simply just not care. 
the sin of having impatience with your routine and wanting to escape boredom. I don't know about you, but I think it's right for us to keep that word in our dictionary, Acadia. There's a lot in our lives that feels boring, routine, things that we want to escape. And yet, we can't. There's a lot about our life of faith that seems routine, mundane, boring. Things that we don't ever fully see results from, aren't able to see the fruit of. And yet we're called to do it still. Much like the rhythm of our lives, wash, dry, fold, repeat. Wash, dry, fold, repeat. Over and over and over again. We want an escape. We want to find a shortcut to living our lives, but I mean, if we want clean clothes, <laughs> fresh smelling, so that we can enter this world, well, there is no shortcut. It is wash, dry, fold, repeat. But isn't it true, too, of our life of faith? It can be rejoice. Pray, give thanks, repeat. Rejoice, pray, give thanks, repeat. The sin of Acadia, it wants us to try and do this quickly or fill the time. How can we multitask? I couldn't tell you the last time I folded laundry without a podcast going. But if we are trying to overcome this sin of Acadia, of trying to fill the stillness and the silence, might there be a different way to go about it? Could we invest a little love and light into these mundane tasks? For the early monks, as they wove their baskets, they did so as they prayed. And they prayed the Psalms. And it said that by the time a monk was about 30 or 35 years old, he would have the entire Psalter memorized. For they integrated this work and this prayer. One of my favorite authors, Marianne McKibben Dana, talks about how she integrated prayer into these mundane tasks. She said, I began praying while I folded the laundry. 
As I folded my son's short, I prayed for him and for what was going on in his life, his relationships at school. As I folded my husband's socks, I prayed for him and all that was going on at his work with his parents. Folding my daughter's t-shirt, praying for all that was going on in her life as well. Her challenges, her struggles, her joys. Can we overcome this sin of Acadia, this desire to get away from the mundane, the routine, and instead of push against it, might we be able to embrace it? To find God at work in our routines? That when it feels like the rhythms of life drone on and on and on, we might embrace a different kind of rhythm. That we might rejoice, pray, give thanks, repeat. Rejoice, pray, give thanks, repeat. And when it feels like we don't see the fruits of our work, of the life of faith, we might remember that sometimes the fruit is as small as a freshly folded basket of laundry. Just as we wash, dry, fold, and repeat, may we go into the world ready to rejoice, pray, give thanks, repeat. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, our God, this life you call us to, this life of faith, of discipleship, of following in your ways. There are moments, yes, where it feels like we are on a mountaintop and the signs of your presence are everywhere around us. But more often, we are just going about our daily lives. doing things that often don't feel transformative or or powerful. And yet you are there in them. You are with us, abiding with us, reminding us to not rush through this life, but to dwell in the silence and in the stillness, to find joy in the routine to invest your love and our love in all that we do. Seeing you, feeling your presence, hearing your voice as we go through our days. Rejoice, pray, give thanks, repeat, repeat, repeat. 
For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.